Just in case our name Clit Talk wasn't a disclaimer enough, we wanted to let you know that this podcast is intended for a mature audience only. So if you have any little ones in the room, now is the time to maybe put some earmuffs on or escort them out. Today, we're delving into the psychology of intimacy and new tools that are out there that we've never heard of, including sex surrogacy. Pussy, pussy, it's gonna be a good one today. I'm talking about a clit talk, clit talk, clit talk, talking about a clit talk, clit talk, clit talk. Come on, girls and boys and everyone on the gender rainbow, bring your pussies to the show. Welcome to Clit Talk, the pleasure-positive podcast where badass women discuss everything from orgasms to gender harmony to the health benefits of masturbation, the sex ed you wish you got, and then some. So sex surrogacy, also known as surrogate partner therapy, goes beyond traditional sex therapy and beyond just talking about sex. It's a treatment protocol that has helped a wide range of people, from victims of abuse to people with disabilities to simply helping those of us who have trouble connecting. Our guest today is an incredible woman and jack-of-all-trades. She started as a sex worker at the world-famous Mustang Ranch brothel and then went on to marry, have some kiddos, and then, you know, no big deal, become a doctor. (laughs) So she has her PhD in sexology. She started the Sexological Association at USC and teaches their BDSM 101 class. Oh, my God, can you imagine? Uh, She has helped countless of patients find true love and intimacy, and we cannot wait to pick your brain about your specialty sex surrogacy. Please welcome Dr. Lori Bennett Cook. Thank you. Thank you, ladies, very, very, very much. And Thank before you. we get started, I just want to quickly clarify um, I did not help found a sexological association at USC. It's actually working with the Chinese Sexological Association through USC. And we have we have um, students that come over from China to USC that work, and we get to teach them BDSM and other sexological resources. Even Equally more yeah. impressive. Yeah. <laughs> um, wow, amazing. So, Dr. Lori, sex surrogacy mm-hmm. is something I've definitely never heard of before I, I met you and was introduced to you. It's like this sort of untouched therapy that many people know nothing about. Can you walk us through exactly what it is? Absolutely. Sex surrogacy, otherwise known as surrogate partner therapy, many times people use sex surrogacy just because it's just easier to remember, surrogate partner therapy. Many times people hear surrogate, they automatically think that you are carrying babies for people and working as a pregnancy surrogate. So that helps define the two. Um it's very, very effective with with many clients that are able are unable to find that talk therapy is enough. It's it's when we have sex and learn about sex and work in our bodies, all of it is tactile. We learn by doing. If we're lucky, we are touched and breastfed and held and nurtured while we're children and growing up. And then we become adolescents and we have those experiences where we get to interact with other people and have fun with other people and touch and learn and grow and explore our sexuality. And then we develop into sexual beings and become adults and have healthy sexual relationships. Yay. But that's not the case for many people. Many people are lacking the skills and the experiences of intimacy. And they come and see me and they see their therapist thinking that what they need is help with sex. Very often what they really need work with is learning to be intimate and connect with another human being. So we work in a triadic model, an ideal 
most common client would come see their therapist saying, I need help with sex. I'm 60 years old, still a virgin. By virgin, that could mean I'm the first person as the surrogate whose hand they've ever held or whose eyes they've ever looked into. They could be someone who has said, I'm transgender, I'm 42, I've just had my affirming surgery, and I have no idea what, what to do with this body that I have right now sexually. I had dysphoria beforehand, and now while I feel aligned, I still don't even know what these parts are and what they do. They could be somebody who has CP and has not been able to have their body respond and react in ways that they are hoping to to have. They could be somebody who is acutely disabled, who maybe had an accident in a skiing accident, for example, and are now disabled from the chest waist down, but still feel like a very sexual being and don't know how to use their body in a way that that can find pleasure for them. Yes. What is CP? Yeah, I was just going oh. to ask. Cere- <laughs> cerebral CP? palsy. Cere- yes, thank you. Oh, yeah. Cerebral palsy. Yes. Uh, so I work with the various clients. They'll be seeing their therapist, and they see myself, and we all see each other together every now and then. It's the triadic model, and it's very important that that model take place. So ideally, the, pa- the patient, the client, however anybody wants to refer to them, would see their therapist. They talk about you know, be talking, 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 talk isn't enough. Let's get somebody in there with some hands on and help you figure out what's going on. And you can feel like your best sexual self. So then I come into the picture and I will come to the office and meet with a therapist and the client. The three of us will sit there together, see if we're a good fit, see if we're people that can work together. And, you know, usually nine times out of 10, that works out that we are, thankfully, because I really love working with everybody, these people, especially that that are seeking to be their full sexual self. So then I will meet with a client. We will start with some simple exercises that would go with just learning how to touch and be touched. So it would start with something like a hand caress, and we would hold hands for a little while, look into each other's eyes, breathe together, And then when they're ready, caress the hands and focus on what they're feeling, how it feels to them. I'll take a turn just caressing their hand without any, you know, they're there to sit still and just close their eyes and think about what that feels like. And then they're to take a turn caressing my hands and think about what my skin feels like under their fingertips, not be thinking about, oh, I want to make you feel good. I want to try to impress somebody. And so those exercises might last from three to five minutes, and then we'll take it a little further and go, maybe we'll go five to seven minutes from your fingertips to your elbow, or maybe from fingertips to your shoulder. And this can take course over months. It maybe could be an intense, an intensive where somebody, we get, you know, they fly in from out of state or something, and we get a hotel and we meet for several hours every day for a couple of weeks. Um but most people, it, it takes quite a bit of time because you can imagine if you are 60-year-old virgin, you've never had any contact, and now you're sitting with somebody who's caressing and focused intently just on the touch, even from your fingertips to your elbow. That can be really overwhelming and very emotional. I remember one time you enlightened me to the fact that within this process, you're also allowing the person to understand what it means to be in consent Mm-hmm. Both parties. Yes. And I was yes. thinking to myself, damn, I wish my mom knew about surrogacy and brought you in when I'm like 15. Mm-hmm. And teach me as a young girl what's okay, what's not okay, what's shame, how, you know, how do I build intimacy before I let the boy do anything and mm-hmm. all the consent right. stuff. That would have been amazing for me. Right. Yeah, that's what I was yeah. thinking. And people bring you in and have you do the birds and bees conversations with their kids? 
Oh, absolutely. That's a whole nother job. And that is something that I have done and do do. Yeah. And I work with couples and that would be fall under the realm of sex coaching. But mm. I've done that. Yeah, as well. And so with the surrogate clients, then we, we work and we build on each of these skills and we know that, okay, what were this exercise is going to last, you know, seven minutes long. We're only going to be touching from here to there. Um, so there's no going outside of those boundaries, and it really helps people. Part of the process also is just like you said, we play games, you know, may I, will you, practicing saying yes, practicing saying no, um, recognizing that if it's like a eh, maybe, that's a no. Mm-hmm. If it's not a hell yes, it's not a yes. Uh, that's very important, and it's so important for people to recognize these skills within themselves and have their own power, especially if there's somebody that's been traumatized in their life, which – happens far too often. Yeah. It'd be great. I was just thinking about what Tamiko said about um, you talking to children. It'd be great to have mm-hmm. a parenting class to teach parents how to teach, talk to their kids That's about That's a really sex. good idea. I just thought about <laughs> we that. We should do it. Yeah. Let's put it together. <laughs> That's our next episode. Let's do that. Let's do that. Yeah. yeah. Because we've talked about that a lot on the show, how mm-hmm. a lot of our parents just didn't have real conversations yeah. with us, and we were already having sex by the time they tried to, and it was just really – well, let's get you on birth control so you don't get pregnant. Right. <laughs> and that's the extent right. of it. Yeah. Right. And that's been how it's been for generations. Right. That's just how it is. Unfortunately, in our society, that's just how it is. So we could learn a lot from the Netherlands. They're doing a good job. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah. But we're not so much right here. Yeah. So what made you uh, want to take on this profession? You know, I worked at um, I worked at Mustang and, and Wild Horse. The, there's sister houses that work that are out there in Nevada, and I went out there originally for my own personal sexual exploration because what a because I'm not a risk taker, and what I'm some people would say, but you went and worked at a brothel. That's risky, but for me, it's not because it's like total safe place. They have all the security. Mm-hmm. They feed you really well. It's pretty, <laughs> and you know if I need anything, other people are there, and I get to have clients give me their fantasies and go try them out myself and see what I like. So, But what I found through that experience is that when you get behind closed doors with people, they really, and especially in a place like that, because they know that their secrets aren't leaving there. They know that I can't get a hold of them after they leave and I'm not following them into their daily life. So they really share what it is that they want. And there were a lot of people that were very vulnerable and would talk about their past traumas, their past uh, concerns, their past shame. We had clients that would come in that were disabled on some level and to be able to just willingly and happily create a sexual environment for them and give them this experience that they could take away in their life was really rewarding. And when I left there, uh, surrogacy just seemed like the best option. Dr. Lori, we have these words that we all grew up with, prostitution, Mm -hmm. whore, all these really negative connotations. For Mm -hmm. you personally, when you first started Mm -hmm. as a sex worker, did shame come up for you? And how did you deal with it if it did come up? You know, what came up with for me more than anything, I still don't like the term whore. And it bothers me when somebody says whorehouse. It just is so derogatory. And people will say, you know, oh, own it and reclaim the word. I haven't. For myself, I can't reclaim it. 
Um, hooker, I don't know why I like I, that one doesn't bother me. Um, courtesan, I find very sexy, so that's fine. Yeah. Um, you know, because they were worshipped yeah. in the day, so yeah, yeah. bring that on. Um, I'll be a courtesan. sex worker is is nice, but it's so like. It's so accepted that it it almost doesn't have the charge behind it that I still like for myself. So the thing that I found that I dealt with the most, what was really interesting to me, is that I felt guilty for not feeling guilty, if that makes sense. Yeah. I felt so in my in my power. I felt so much myself. I felt just alive in everything that I was doing. It felt so right. And I knew it was so taboo to all of society, but it was the most honest and rewarding work I've ever done. And you had kids already at the oh, time. Yes. Yeah, I was married, yes. had kids. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Did your kids know what your job was? They did. Okay. Yes. I'm not a very good liar. <laughs> <laughs> I tried. I tried to kind of be secret about it. I have a younger daughter. She was, well, obviously younger than me. I have a daughter that um, <laughs> she was in her 20s at the time, and she was an erotic dancer, and she loved pole dancing, so that it was really empowering to her. She just loved, loved, loved doing this. And, you know, I was kind of asking her questions about little things, and she just picked up on it right away. She's like, so where are you going? What are you doing? And I'm like, oh, I can't talk to my kid about this, but I did. I mean, she's a grown woman, and she was – you know, it's not my job to parent her anymore at that point. So we had an honest conversation about it, and it was really good. As yeah. a, I mean, as a as a child of a mom who's really non judgmental, the first few times I tried things that were, I would say, outside of the norm, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was actually able to talk to my mom about it. I can't even tell you the difference. So the fact mm-hmm. that you and your daughter have that kind of a relationship is such a gift to both of you. It's it's mm-hmm. really because I the, talking about the guilt. I would try something outside of the norms, and then. I would feel this societal guilt. Like you were mm-hmm. saying, like, I just felt so guilty. But then I would talk to my mom about it. And she's like, there's nothing wrong right. with what you're doing. Right. And then I would be like, oh, okay, it's going to be okay. Yeah. 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 So My youngest daughter, we were in the car one day. She was probably like 16, 17. And she was being real super judgy about her older sister. And she's like, oh, my God, mom. She can be so slutty. She told me she's probably had sex with a thousand people. What do you think about that? And I said, well, if it was, you know, her decision and she was safe about it and she had a good time, then there's nothing I have to say about that. And she goes, really? Really? How many people have you had sex with? And I said, today or overall? And she goes, (laughs) freaked out. I was like, stop being so judgmental. Just stop it. Yeah. Okay. So I want to, I want to go back to that. I have this, I've been wanting to ask this question for a few minutes, Mm -hmm. going back to the, the sex surrogacy. Yes, please. Do you ever have sex with your patients? That's like the one question I know, right? We have to ask. You have to ask that because that's what people think that they're coming to me for. It has happened, yes. There are some clients that I have had sex with most of the time. It doesn't go to that point because most of the time, at some point, they realize that they come to realize themselves, but what they wanted to work on was some form of intimacy skills, mm-hmm. some form of learning techniques, some form of learning to control their body and own their body. And they come to the decision that regardless of the fact that we have created this, you know, surrogate relationship, which is very authentic and very real, um, they would like to save that for somebody that they feel very special with that they could carry forward with. The clients that I see are generally not people that are just looking for hookups. So, right. you yeah. know, they're they're looking, and if I do my job well, then I work my way out of working with them. So, mm. yes. So my question is then, 
do you ever have a client you agree to be intimate with and then you're realizing that wasn't the right choice? And like, so do you back out of it or do you continue? How do you handle that? Or has that even happened? I have a part two on that question. Okay. And the part two is, is that <laughs> what distinguishes a person to what, what's like the line to say, okay, this is the person I'm going to, I'm going to move forward and sleep with them. Like, how do you, what type of case do you, does right, that show right. up? I mean, well, that's exactly why we work in a triadic model. So because the client is seeing me and then they're seeing their therapist. So they come see me and then I call the therapist and say, this is what we worked on today. These were, these are the things that worked. These were the challenges that were faced. Then the client goes and sees the therapist. They process everything. They talk about where the client wants to go moving forward. Then the therapist gives me a call, says this is where the client was at. A lot of communication is taking place. Then the client and I meet again and we go forward and there's this constant processing and making sure that when we interact with each other, we're not interacting on impulse or whim or giving into like, oh, but we had this sexual frenzy that took place. The whole process is for this client's healing. Mm. They are not there to get off with me. They are there to learn for themselves what they can carry into their life for themselves to be a more whole human being. Wow. And that is one of the things that is so important about having the therapist involved. And I've had many people that are like, well, can't I just see you without the therapist? Well, that's not surrogacy. If you want to see me as just a sugar client, that's a whole other story. But this is this is surrogacy. And this is what is not just for getting off in some way. This is for healing. So you've said, okay, I'll work with you. Mm-hmm. And then you start working with them and realize you don't want to. I. Uh, you know that, hmm, yes and no, but that's been just personality differences, but you just kind of figure your way around that too, because they're, they're, you know, somebody that you can work with, but maybe after a little bit, I realize that I'm not the right fit for them. And so then I can refer them to a different surrogate, but usually that's also part of working through the process of a surrogate relationship. So if something comes up and it's just like, eh, this personality conflict and we're not getting along so well, it's another reason the therapist is there because we can say, you know what, we're going along, this is going well, we hit this hiccup, I don't know what's going on, we're not communicating, you know, one of us or both of us is feeling like it's not working in some way, they can help us work through that. Because it's better for the client if we can keep going forward together than to work a little bit, have to stop that, have them work with another surrogate, have Mm -hmm. to stop that because then that is creating patterns also of unhealthy relationships and not following through and communication. There's so much more to it than is sex. And that's what people tend to think that you're there for the sex and it's not. So I have a a question. So I know that in the state of California, prostitution or sex working is not legal. Mm -hmm. So are you working with really traditional therapists? You know, how, how do you navigate because you you are a doctor mm-hmm. and you have your PhD, how do you, how do you navigate the legality of it? Well, I don't have a license, okay, which is why I went degreed and not licensed, okay. Because touch therapy is very important to me yeah. because I recognize that um, we heal through touch, whether it's just going to get cuddled by somebody, held by somebody, hugged by somebody, all of that, we heal by being touched. And you can read every book there is to be read, watch every video, talk to whoever you want to about various forms of sexual and physical interaction, but you don't learn and really heal until you're in that space doing it. So that's why I went to greed instead of licensed. Mm. The therapists that I work with, um, are most of them are certified sex therapists, either through ASECT or through other ways, but they have been 
very knowledgeable. They've worked with IPSA, um, which is the Inter- International Professional Surrogates Association. So they're very familiar with surrogacy. Uh, they recognize their role isn't just there to help. Okay, we're going to help this person while they're meeting with that person over there. Their role is to help facilitate the entire process of the surrogacy. They're there for the client and for myself as we go through this. Um, yeah, it's it's very there's there's a lot more to it. The sex is the least of it. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, yeah. I'm pr- I'm personally enrolled in what you do. I'm just, mm-hmm. I was just curious, like, how does that work? Yeah. You know, like, yeah. are, you, you, do they take you to take insurance? Not just- <laughs> yeah, they don't take insurance for surrogacy. Yeah, they don't. It's yeah. not legal, but it's not illegal. Uh, and I think it's because it's also so well documented and we're so careful and it's obvious yeah. that what we're doing is for therapeutic reasons and not to try to just get repeat business like, come, hey, hook up with me. Um, obviously, I don't have any issues with sex work because I've been a sex worker, mm-hmm. but this is just very different. And a lot of people will say, oh, it's the same as prostitution. Been there, done both. It is not the same. And it's yeah. a lot more work. If so. I <laughs> if I did your job, I would have to have some boundaries only – because if it was like some really good looking man, <laughs> I might push him along a little faster than he needs to go. I mean, how, how, how does that work for you? Right? Because natural hormones, mm-hmm. natural yeah. chemistry, yeah. natural connection, people get vibes from each other, right? right. right. Does that ever come up for you? That does come up. But you know what? I'm the one, it's my responsibility to... Scale that back too, because mm. I'm not there for my own juicy, yay, what am I going to get out of this? I'm there for that person. And in that place of their vulnerability and their fragility of what they have come to see me for, I have more power to do harm than to help mm. if I'm not careful. So I'm walking on sacred ground and I take that very seriously. It's very important that regardless of like, wow, this might feel really good and horny and I wish we could keep going. You know what? Help them through whatever they're going through. Their session is done. I'll take care of myself when they're gone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, love, I right. love what you just said. I'm, I'm uh, walking on sacred ground. I, yeah, I'm, so. that's, yeah. I can really tell that that's very mm-hmm. authentic for you also. Um, yeah. Yeah. On very another important. note, because mm-hmm. I have a part B to Tamiko's question, uh-huh. my cousin is 17 now and mm-hmm. he has cerebral palsy. Mm. Um, and I mean, he has it to the point where he wasn't even supposed to be able to walk. Yeah. And my aunt who um, now is getting into um, educating parents um, in Stony Brook because she lives in Stony Brook, educating parents around how to talk to... She works in the disabled community Mm -hmm. as a a massage therapist Mm -hmm. um, and coach. And so she's now doing the whole birds and the bees conversations with parents with disabilities, which I think is amazing. And because of her um, technique she did with him since he was a child, she used to massage him from the tips of his toes Mm -hmm to the crown of his head and every single day since he was an infant. And Mm. this boy has been walking his entire fucking life. Now, um, she is the dream mom when it comes to having a child with with disabilities. Um, But I've been around CP a lot because he's my cousin. And it can be violent and aggressive. I mean, he used to, like, grab my tits and, like, Mm -hmm. pull my nipples off. Like, Mm -hmm. so I'm wondering... In that kind of a setting with someone who is who has a disability like cerebral palsy, um, just how you deal with um, that different kind of energy that can actually be a little scary to um, and you might have to like protect yourself. Mm-hmm. I was just mm-hmm. wondering if you could speak to that. Yeah, you know, and it depends on what the client is able to control themselves and what they're not and the, the areas of their ability 
their abilities that they're able to control, that we can teach, that we can learn, that we can do exercises and practice to, to um, make more manageable for them when they're in a situation with a partner, we really work and focus on those. There are other things that can't be controlled so much. So right. just kind of navigating like how that works, um, but never making them feel bad about anything yeah. like that whatsoever. Uh, I do have a friend of mine who has, hmm, I'm trying to think what he's working on right now, but he's working on some differently abled resources and um, books and different things like that. And I'll put you in touch with him, but he has awesome. some great information about all of that as well. So I'm I'm sitting here and I'm as you're talking about the types of people that you work with, I'm finding mm-hmm. myself really moved by this and mm-hmm. the thought of someone being 60 and a virgin is mm-hmm. heartbreaking and and the the lack of intimacy and touch I'm really just present to how uh, the difference that this makes. I'm curious if there's a specific story that something that really sticks out for your patient that that's really like a beautiful story that the difference that it's made for someone um, that mm-hmm. you would might be able to share with us, obviously omitting their name. <laughs> I would say just in general, because I have had several clients that have been 60s and older that are still virgins. Um, it's very, very emotional for me to be able to hold that space for somebody that has been lacking so much touch their whole life. I found it very common that the first, within the first three sessions, and we could just be touching, like I said, fingertips to the top of the arm, and that might be as far as we're going, or caressing hair. At some point, they will break down emotionally, sob, and just be like, this is what I've been missing my whole life, and just recognized... Um, and that's very common. And I usually leave those sessions and come home to my husband and then he holds me while I cry because I'm like, oh, this is just so powerful to, to know that somebody has been lacking that. And then once you have that though, and you wake that up in your body, it's, you can't go back, you know? So it's like, where do I find this? And then you're taking somebody who's, you know, someone who might be a little, socially awkward and you don't want to just throw them out there on okay cupid or anything like that because people are going to expect that you know what you're doing at that age so it's helping them find ways and places that they can interact with other people that are going to be careful with their feelings and their heart you know because these are these are very precious I, i really really feel very strongly my clients are very precious to me i feel very protective so yeah. with with a patient like mm-hmm. that, what is the how do you know when their time with you is complete? Like what is the goal? Is it that they do find a relationship or what is or I guess it's different for everyone, but mm-hmm. what is kind of the line of like, okay, like you're good to we found a community for you or what how do you know when they're ready to I guess like fly off into the world? Yeah, and- it just depends with everybody's a little different and the therapist helps work through that process as well. We just reach a point where it's like I think that our work together, we've gone as far as we can go, whether that means that they're like, I did meet somebody and I have a relationship or I feel really good where I'm at or um, I I don't want to explore any more of this. It's making me really uncomfortable. Maybe I'll come back to it later. Uh, it just really varies with every client. And that is one of the things that the, the therapist is so important in that role as well to help determine and help them process. Yeah, what I'm really coming becoming present to is how grateful – all of us are in this room, actually, that we've experienced like love and intimacy and touch and ecstasy and just orgasm and all these things that we take for granted, mm-hmm. typically, 
Mm-hmm. We're not really present to the gratitude, even while we're doing it. Sometimes we're always thinking about the goal. I got to come. I got to come. But just the fact that someone's touching you and you can enjoy it and feel it, look into somebody's eyes. I'm really recognizing mm-hmm. what a real gift it is. Mm-hmm. And good thing there's people like you, Dr. Lori, to help well, other you. people. Thank you. Many times clients will grieve when they first come seeing me because, you know, what's wrong with me that I have to go pay somebody to help me get to these points or what's wrong with me that I have to be even coming and making an appointment to go see somebody for a fake relationship so that I can process these things. But we move through that pretty quickly, usually. Yeah. Mm. You had a question? Well, um, I actually was looking at the triadic model. Mm -hmm. Tri is three, right? Mm -hmm. So it's you, the therapist, and what else? The client. And the client. Got it. Of course. (laughs) Well, you know what? We'll clarify for the the listeners just to make sure. Involved. <laughs> I even have a bullet point with a blank there waiting to fill it in. Crystal's taking this a mystery no. third person. People that have questions as well, so That's it's all That's good. No yep. Your energy in this room is palpable. Mm-hmm. It, there's like a healing that you radiate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I just want to acknowledge that because our listeners, they're not here with us, mm-hmm. but they're listening. Thank you. They're here. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. So I'm a nurse and I've Mm -hmm. had many patients who have touched my life in such a special way. Mm -hmm. And it's what keeps me coming back to Mm -hmm. work as a nurse. And I've also had some really funny experiences Mm -hmm. where you just kind of have to laugh about it. Yeah. And I'm just wondering if there's any story that stands out to you of like just a hilarious experience that you've that's happened during your work. Gosh. Okay. So whenever you ask those kind of questions, my my thoughts immediately go back to my sex work and not my surrogate work. Okay. Because the surrogate because because the surrogate work tends to be more serious, and we yeah. try to make it light, but it just it always isn't. It takes a little more effort to make it light. Well, you were yes. dumb, right? You worked for a as minute, a dumb for a while. For a I bet minute. there's some funny I've only stories had a couple there. Clients there. <laughs> Most of that is just. But I just I have such a hard time just making myself putting myself in that place where I can, I, I know it's what people are paying for. <laughs> but you told me about a funny Dom client once. Yeah. Which one was that? I, all, I think all he wanted to do was clean your house. Oh my gosh. Yes. <laughs> and I oh, love right. that. I love that because I, I was like, I don't know what to do. And he, he paid me really great money to come over to the house and, and boss him around and everything like that. So of course I I dressed up because I like to do that. But then I blindfolded him so he couldn't see me going like, oh, what do I do next? <laughs> and then just kind of like guided him around the house and made him clean my base naked, of course, oh, yes. because, you know, he like and he was like, yes, ma'am, yes, ma'am. Clean my baseboards. My house. <laughs> great. Great. And I hate cleaning bathrooms. I hate cleaning bathrooms. Um, but it 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 gave him so much pleasure for me to be bossing him around like that. I felt very totally like a bitch, but it made him feel good. But. You Wait, know, so he, you, some guy would come over, you would boss him around, and he would clean your house. Yes. Okay. And pay, I, and pay me. Okay. I need right? to. I'm and I'm having a profession. hard time. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm having a hard time making myself get to that place again because I know that they're out there. And I'm going like to role play. That. I'm going to role play with my boyfriend and do that. Just do that, right? Yeah, yeah. Just be like, you've oh. said boyfriend twice now. Like, what? Where is this boyfriend? Oh, hey. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have a boyfriend? Yes, I do have a boyfriend. Oh my God. I do have a boyfriend. And I was telling Dr. Lori, this is perfect. Uh-huh. I was telling her, it's hard for me just to get my guy to maybe do a, a Tantra session mm-hmm. with clothes on. Mm-hmm. And Dr. Lori gave me the best advice immediately. You told me to go ballroom dance. Yes. 
Tell me, yes. say it again, why you thought that was good. You know, many times people get intimidated when they think about like these sex classes or a tantra or something like that, which is all about connecting with your partner. Ballroom dancing is such a good segue into anything like that. And same thing, you are paired together. You're learning to step in sync together, look into each other's eyes rather than watch your feet, count on the beat together, move together, get your bodies moving together for the same goal. And it can be incredibly sexy and erotic. And then have really good sex once you get home. Yeah. Yes, that's the goal. Keep the rhythm going. So I guess if there was anything I really wanted people to know about surrogacy when they think about how weird it is and you're teaching people how to use their bodies in this way, um, we're very careful about teaching people to drive correctly or eat healthy or, you know, any 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 number of things. This is our body. This is with us from birth till death. And the importance of learning how to make it feel good, how to feel comfortable in it, how to help our body interact with another person in a consensual pleasure way is uh, very important. And that's that's what surrogacy strives to do and usually succeeds. Thanks to Dr. Lori, we're going to try caressing ourselves today. So I want you to relax, sit back, turn off your phone, unless you're listening to this on your phone, of course, and close your eyes. Open your left palm, and with your right fingertips, slowly stroke your left palm, very slowly. Feel the sensations. Feel the pleasure. Just connect to this area. And as you do this, we're going to do four-count rhythmic breathing. You're going to hold for four as you inhale. You're going to inhale for four, hold for four at the top, and exhale for four. Breathe in connection and intimacy. And exhale resistance and discomfort. Two more times. Breathe in connection and intimacy. And exhale, resistance and discomfort. One more time, four count rhythmic breathing. Breathe in, connection and intimacy. And exhale, resistance and discomfort. Now open your eyes and breathe in that connection. Amazing. Thank you so much. I, I definitely feel this is something really needed. And I'm I'm so glad that there's somebody out there, you know, doing this like you. Like if I were a six year old virgin, I would really wanna I would really want to know that I was coming to a or safe six year old virgin. Did I say sixteen? Six. Six. I said I meant and to I'm say hoping 16. you are. I was a six year old virgin. Yes. But it but I would I would hope that it would or or if there was somebody I cared about to know that they were going to somebody who it takes this really a sacred work for you. So if there is anybody out there looking Mm -hmm. for this, where's the best place for people to find you, to connect with you, to Mm -hmm. get information about you? Well, I'm terrible about having a website. So I have, because I'm not tech savvy, I bought the domain like three years ago, but I have an about me page and you can just Google my name, Lori Bennett Cook, and you can find the about me and I have contact information there or just email me directly at 
justlbc at yahoo.com. The word just, J-U-S-T, my initials, lbc at yahoo.com. And do you have any social media where people can connect with you? I'm on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter and all that good stuff. And it's just your name? name. Just your name. Okay, perfect. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show, Dr. Lurie. Sex is really a part of our overall health as human beings, and we're really programmed to think that sex is only for these kinds of people and these kinds of circumstances, and that it has to look a certain way. And just as we need coaching to train our bodies in the gym, there are people out there who can coach you in this arena. And it's not weird or creepy sexually. It's about understanding your body and your mind. And there are people out there who can help and really, you know, so thank you. Um, And to our lovely Clitorati Posse, we really hope that this episode actually opens something up for you and that, you know, you can always hit us up on our Instagram. We can continue this conversation offline at Clit Talk Show. Also, if you love this show or if this particular episode you think could make a difference for somebody, please share it with them. We want to we want to get Dr. Lurie out there to make a difference for as many people as we can um, and subscribe to our show so you can so you can um, continue this journey with us. And as always, we love you and we will see you next Tuesday. Pussy. 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 Pussy.